You're listening to The Skelton Report. We dig deep into the issues of mental health, psychology, empowerment, and self-improvement. Thanks for listening to the show. Here's your host, Mark Nathaniel Skelton. Welcome to The Skelton Report, a podcast for the people. I think we got a great episode today. But before we get started, just want to check in with you, see how things are going. Hope all's well your way. You know, God has been good. If you are returning, you know, I appreciate the love. And if this is your first round, you are my honored guest. Uh, things are, are moving pretty quick. Things are going good. Actually, right now, um, if you move fast, my Udemy courses, e-courses, so I have one on depression for minorities and just motivation, they are free of charge. So get them while they're hot. And uh, be sure to uh, check me out on IG and TikTok and Twitter at Skeleton Score Neuro. I'm just dropping knowledge, gems, whatever I can, what I'm learning about uh, the brain and the neural system and uh, neurotransmitters and all that great stuff, okay? And last but not least, um, we'll be having on Lord's Willen, my mentor, Dr. Dr. Horton. Um, he is a licensed clinical psychologist, black man, Kappa, uh, doing great things, and I'm looking forward to that, okay, so make sure that you stay tuned, um, yeah, man, hey, continuing the dissertation journey, um, I hope you are joining me along the journey, if you are tuning in for the first time, uh, basically, I am beginning that dissertation process. So the topic's been approved and um, doing a lot of researching and reading and research, research consulting. I just had a great, great, great interview this past week with the um, with a doctor, black doctor at our university who works with a lot of COVID testings. So we had powerful conversations around decision-making, the role of clergy in healthcare um, with their members. I th I'm planning on having him on the show. We talked about that, potential partnerships and just working together to help out our community. So also stay tuned for that. So that was revitalizing and encouraging meeting. I also continue to speak with uh, black ministers, had two great conversations this week, just learning a little bit about their experience and leadership with the whole COVID thing going on. Um, and just so you know, the dissertation project is around that COVID-19, African-American communities, spirituality, learning more about the disparities. How can we fill this gap? And so it's a qualitative study. So I'm just looking for more so information. Um, last episode, we discussed some of the reasons for the hesitancy in the African-American community using some great research from this brother, Dr. Justin Xavier Moore. And um, go check that out. Get a chance and you can learn about the term I've been reading and learning about is the justified hesitancy of why African-Americans uh, may not be the first ones to jump in line for the COVID vaccine. But in this episode, we're going to focus on um, how spirituality 
plays a major role in healthcare. We have two great articles from some African-American sisters. And once again, um, y'all know me, I got love for everybody. But this round, I'm providing a lot of uh, articles and research from people of color so that, um, you know, those who may be people of color themselves may be more likely to uh, receive the message, understand it and with the trust factor. And, and once again, what I'm learning in the research, and it's no secret um, on all ends, whatever the ethnicity uh, they can uh, attest to and say amen to the fact that uh, there's a lot of historical distrust sometimes with uh, in the healthcare and the medical system. And so sometimes uh, it may be healthy. And that's what actually one article said that it, it, it is helpful sometimes when you're communicating to the African-American community or people of color to use uh, sources and resources from that community as well. And so we have a Dr. Jill uh, B. Hamilton, as well as Dr. Kim Stansberry, um, and some of their research on the topic of spirituality. I want to begin with Dr. Jill B. Hamilton. She has an article that I thought was interesting that I want to bring to your attention, and it's titled Religion and Spirituality in Healthcare, Distinguishing Related and Overlapping Concepts from an African-American Perspective. Now, before I share a little bit of the highlights, I want to tell you a little bit about uh, Dr. Jill Hamilton. She is an affiliate professor at Emory uh, Candler School of Theology. Hamilton's research interests include health disparities, social and cultural factors that influence health, and the coping strategies used among older African-American cancer survivors and their families. Uh, she has written and presented extensively on social support, uh, spirituality, quality of life um, within and among African-Americans with life-threatening illnesses. And so the connection is the fact that COVID-19, whatever the ethnicity uh, tends to, what I'm learning, what we see in the media and on the research as well, uh, impacts African-American, um, well, whatever the ethnicity, once again, we back up, impacts older um, generations a little bit more. So um, I thought it was interesting how this article defines out uh, what uh, religion means, spirituality means within African-American communities. Uh, again, keeping the research topic that I have in mind for dissertation project. Now, what I want to do is look at her definition of religion and spirituality just for understanding and relevance. So in this particular research, older African-American cancer survivors conceptualize spirituality as a personal relationship with God and the beliefs that maintain that relationship. All right. So she's gone through hundreds, literally hundreds of interviews with African-Americans to better understand how they practice uh, their beliefs um, in response to life-threatening illnesses. So what she's learning is that um, this growth of scholarship in the field of spirituality, there's inconsistencies and frequently a lack of clarity with concepts related to religion and spirituality used in scholarly writing. So 
just the take homes are the differences re between religion and spirituality. I thought that's pretty interesting. So religion, when you're speaking about religion, this generally, according to research and article, religion is an adherence to a set of beliefs, values, rituals, and symbols, and participation in activities of organized religious institutions. Religiosity and religious involvement is another concept used among scholars to refer to beliefs and practices related to organized religious institutions. And um, basically, among older African-Americans, religion was the umbrella term used to describe participation in church activities, beliefs about God, and the -support, uh, perceived support derived from their relationship with God, family, and friends. And so, in some religion, uh, religiosity, are concepts intended to capture a system of collective beliefs, values, rituals, and practices associated with more of an organized religious institution and our setting. So when referring about religion, that's basically it summed up. On the other hand, spirituality seems to have been conceptualized to occur on a more personal level and apart from affiliation with organized religious institution the whole idea of i am spiritual but i'm not religious that basically means you're um, talking about more of a personal connection that you have um, conceptualizations or understanding of spirituality may include search for answers to questions about life a relationship to god making meaning this 50 dollars word i'm hearing about existentialism all that and so making meaning of the individual human experience through dimensions of connectedness within oneself to others, environment, God, and our a higher power. So spirituality more so occurs on a personal, individual level apart from affiliation with organized religious institutions. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we're learning that whatever the case may be, um, Religion and spirituality within African-American communities uh, is useful, especially with life-threatening conditions such as cancer and for the topic at hand, COVID-19. Now, regardless of religious affiliation or involvement in religious institutions, uh, Dr. Hamilton states that African-Americans were encouraged to rely on their religious beliefs and practices to cope with life stressors. And so engaging in the religious practice of such as like reading scriptures, um, enabled participants from what you discovered to overcome fears and anxiety. Uh, through connectedness to God, cancer patients might have access to uh, powers associated with this deity, resulting in the strength and courage needed to endure prescribed cancer treatments. And so the considerations here are that um, it's important to know and like I said, we're not going anywhere with this. I am combing through the literature. I'm finding highlights and things that I find interesting, and I just want to deliver to you. What I'm learning is um, religion and spirituality all play a major role at times, generally speaking, within African-American communities. And I thought it would be important to consider these, especially within older African-Americans. 
considering that COVID-19 tends to impact these populations, African-Americans in particular, as well as older, more, more so than younger and different uh, ethnicities. So let's turn since COVID-19 is life threatening. And so I want to just give that background about, you know, what what it may mean when I say religion or spirituality and how either way those tend in the literature to play an important role in how um, African-Americans may cope with stress or life threatening situations. And so I thought in particular, this research by Dr. Kim Stansberry it's titled Community Engagement with African-American Clergy, Faith-Based Model for Culturally Competent Practice. All right. So once again, that overarching theme of faith, theology, underneath there is religion and spirituality. And so let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Kim Stansberry. Uh, currently serves as the director of the MSW program and associate professor in the Department of social work at North Carolina State University. Um, she teaches diversity amongst other courses, mentors, undergraduates and graduate students. And um, her research interests are mental health, older adults, clergy, uh, domestic violence, as well as gambling addictions. Now, I thought I wanted to bring this information to you, especially if you are a congregation member um, and are maybe a... Um, you know, clergy member or individual in leadership to maybe consider these points when working with in your congregation. Because the current study takes a qualitative approach, which just means, you know, getting, doing interviews, uh, focus groups, that type of thing to gather information, to explore the involvement of clergy as a mental health intervention strategy. So what they did, what she did in this study was that there was a sample of 18 African-American clergies participated in a one-on-one -on -one interview. And what I want to do is share with you some of the themes that emerged from this study and what the findings and implications may be. And so to bring the relevance is that the issue at hand is that mental health disorders in older African Americans are often undiagnosed, underdiagnosed, or misdiagnosed uh, when in fact they are common. So that means you're dealing with something on a mental health level, mental illness level, and it's not even being treated. Um, some people are going and getting help, but not enough. Are you, you know? Are not getting the help that you need and are if you do go uh, you may get to, to go get help from a professional or maybe speaking with someone in your circle that it's not diagnosed properly or treated properly so many older african-americans lack the ability to recognize symptoms and this is the thing of mental disorders and subsequently do not receive the appropriate and timely mental treatment that they need all right so again, this is from Dr. Kim Stansberry. Now, a potential explanation for this low service utilization is maybe that uh, mental disorders are often viewed as a sign of weakness within the African-American community. 
um, that is best addressed by faith and prayer as opposed to mainstream mental health services. Again, not going anywhere with this. I just want you to know uh, what some of the science is saying. And from my time in the, the, my master's program at Christian Theological Seminary, we have this conversation a lot about, um, man, is going, you know, depending on what your faith is, uh, you know, is going to get help from a counselor, a, a lack of faith. Can I still believe in the Lord Jesus and I'm going to get mental health um, from from a professional? You know, so these are real conversations that people have. And this is the research is bearing that out. So older African-Americans in particular, because once again, I think stigmas are starting to come down. That's why we're doing, you know, episodes like this. And you can kind of look around the community and understand that, hey, we're realizing this is can be very helpful. But um, older African-Americans usually seek informal training from their family or friends. And um, although you may find the support in that, uh, the trade off is that these family and friends may lack uh, the knowledge um, and, and are not knowledgeable at times to identify the symptoms, right? That's something that may come from family support. You may, you know, hey, I'm here to support you, but we really don't know what to do about it. We really don't know what you're actually dealing with. And again, things go untreated. Again, I, this is good information for congregation members or family and friends that you know that may, um, you know, attend church as well as or communities of faith as well as leadership. And so, so some considerations that um, Dr. Stansberry used, um, she had a critical race theory data analysis should consider basic assumptions about how communities adapt to external forces including the lack of culturally competent mental health care providers, which is a major thing. I know a critical race theory is a hot button issue, but what she does is she explains how the fear of uh, systemic racism affects help seeking behaviors and creates barriers to health care utilizations. Now, there's no two ways about it. That is the reality within uh, our community. Uh, individuals construct uh, the realities and make healthcare decisions based on their collective group identity, cultural norms and values. And there's a lot of social psychology, psychology research that bears that out. You know, you know, you you're a part of a certain group, and with that comes a certain type of uh, stereotype or script that you need to play. And so, if as a group, it's it's not the norm to go seek mental health. There's a stigma with that. Then, uh, you know, there are a few that are still going to go do it. But then, you know, generally speaking, uh, there's going to be a lack and you may be more likely not to. So this systemic and empirical knowledge uh, gap regarding African-American clergy's recognition of mental disorders and perspectives on treatment options must be addressed, as she states, to avoid uh, further complications leading to other problems. Now, it's important for us to recognize these symptoms and clergy members to take action because um, the coping skills that may result when not getting professional help may be self-medication such as with drugs or alcohol as well as just feeling stressed out and continuing and making the chronic illnesses that we have 
even worse. Now, when older African-American church members do seek formal mental health assistance, research suggests uh, they prefer to consult with their primary care physician. So that's just FYI. Uh, one study found that the majority of African-American elders in their sample indicated a preference for clergy to cope with mental disorders. All right. In many instances, clergy or elders are their first and their only choice. All right. So in other words, um, if they are dealing with something, they have enough insight into the problem. Uh, they're more likely to go to a, um, a primary care physician and are their church leadership or minister. So that's that's um, that's good to know. And African-American clergy act as gatekeepers to formal health and mental health professionals. So there's a number of things that can happen. Um, referrals can be made. Um, instead of in what they call engaging in pastoral counseling, um, some of the participants, the 18 that were interviewed, referred uh, mentally distressed elder congregants to uh, internal ministries and are uh, to professionals in the community. Now, I thought this idea of healthcare ministries is, is pretty cool, pretty new one to uh, share with you. They talked about with the inception of internal ministries. So these are uh, ministries within the church, members that are healthcare, social uh, services, um, participants recognize the healing role of the churches. Establishing internal ministries allowed participants to provide holistic pastoral care to their congregants. Members of the healthcare ministry orchestrate blood pressure screenings, flu shot clinics, health fairs, and invite persons in the community to do in-services on stress and depression. And so healthcare ministries within the church basically emphasize wellness, disease prevention, and health promotion. I, th I thought that was a pretty cool idea because you're sharing the same faith and um, got a lot of things in, in common. And internal ministries were instrumental in conveying the importance of uh, not only being physically and mentally healthy, but as well as spiritually healthy to their congregants. Okay, so... Something to consider if you have in place. Awesome. If you don't, I think it's something to take a look at for your particular congregation. And so the discussion and conclusion on this, um, the point that clergy are the first point of contact for health care concerns. And so uh, Dr. Stansberry's research findings further validate the centrality of a central role and how important it is for African-American clergy um, in their role in the provision of mental health services to older adults. Findings in this study suggest that African-American older adults will continue to seek support from their church members, and most specifically clergy, so that's church leaders, as a primary resource for addressing mental health concerns. How do we capitalize on this as church leaders? Similar to these findings, uh, African-American clergy were pivotal in providing services to older adults, Clergy in this study were usually the first consulted when older African Americans were experiencing mental health crises. Also, participants, church leaders in our study viewed themselves as conduits who had the ability to help older adults with mental health disorders. As noted in the findings, clergy generally referred the older adults to internal ministries, um, so that's within the congregation, our providers, services provided services themselves, which is known as pastoral counseling. 
All right. Also, the results further provide evidence that older church members are comfortable, which is very important because the trust factor is there, of disclosing symptoms of mental health disorders to the clergy. Mental health professionals in the uh, internal ministries that we discuss typically did not provide treatment to the adults. There's something called dual relationships. And so instead, they referred these adults and families to various mainstream mental health practitioners. Um, in the field of mental health counseling, it's pretty much shunned upon, just so that you know, in FYI, it's like nothing personal. But on a professional level, it's pretty shunned upon to have dual relationships with a client. So for, for instance, me, um, I'm, I cannot counsel my wife or my children. That's a dual relationship. You cannot be my client and my mom or my brother or my cousin. So are a, uh, a member at my congregation. So it makes sense that this referrals happen, but it's just good to know um, that um, it's good to have mental health providers or once again, this healthcare so that you can at least, you know, get someone that you trust to make a referral for you so that you can be taken care of. Or if you're a church leader, that your uh, members can be taken care of. Um, health seeking behavior that are likely to continue to influence preferences for clergy intervention. So keep that in mind. Um, again, um, for these internal ministries, like I know I'm harping on this, but I think as this highlights are vital, internal health care ministries are vital in African American churches. It has long been culturally acceptable to look to the church for meeting individual and community health and well-being needs. Furthermore, these data show that clergy are critical components to an overall pastoral care, even when there are available internal ministries to provide help to older congregants and their family. So, embracing cultural competence as a necessary component of practice with older adults that rely on faith-based support has implications for social workers, for uh, um, clergy member uh, leadership, as well as members altogether. And so I hope I I hope that I got the point across on how important it is from these research articles, these uh, doctors that hey, you know, religion spirituality seems to be an important component of the African American makeup, and um, those attending congregations. Um, should be sensitive to that and understand um, maybe congregation leaders can be more open and welcoming to the conversation around mental illness, uh, mental health, and know that, hey, you are a great starting point for uh, older African-Americans, as well as younger, as I'm sure for that matter, on uh, getting the help that they need. And so maybe it's good to make yourself educated on the symptoms, the signs, um, also, once again, um, like a, a congregation I attended back home, just have a health fair to just show that, hey, we're open for these conversations and uh, consider having these health care ministries. I think these are so dope. Like it seems like it's so overlooked and underutilized how this is. And this is what I got from the conversation with um, the, uh, the doctor at my school is how the clergy in the church are very overlooked in a sense at times and underutilized on how pivotal they can be in overturning some of the health disparities that 
are taking place within the African-American community. So take that for what it is and what it's worth. All right. I uh, would love to get your opinion on it. Um, but again, the whole purpose of these is just, you know, sharing what I'm learning from from my research and from my uh, dissertation journey and just help give you a better understanding from a more scientific perspective, as well at the same time, lift up uh, some of the black researchers and our and our researchers in general that are working on the subjects that can help out our community. That's all I got. Um, I will check you out on the next go around. Hope this was a blessing to you as it was for me. And uh, peace. You've been listening to The Skelton Report. Mark's passion is mental health, psychology, empowerment, and self-improvement. And his education and background prove that he's more than qualified to be speaking about these issues. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we hope you've picked up some useful information along the way as well. Find us now on Apple and Google Podcasts. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, hook up with Mark on Twitter and Instagram at Skelton underscore Neuro on Apple and Google podcast at The Skelton Report. To reach out with comments and questions, send an email to skeletonneuroscience at gmail.com. Check out the e-courses on Udemy by searching Mark N. Skelton and find the website at www.skeletonneurocounseling.com.